Hey everyone and happy new year once again and welcome to the second episode of Great People TV. Yes, can you believe it? We're almost at the halfway point of January. But before we get there, let's talk to our guest tonight about transformational greatness, Peter Davis, actor extraordinaire and MMA fighter. Peter, welcome to Great People TV. Thanks very much, Pete, for joining us tonight. I've always wanted to interview you because you've had such an amazing career, you know, moving from Britain to Malaysia and then getting into acting and modeling and then all this and then getting into MMA fighting. So first question, really, how did you get to Malaysia and get into the entertainment scene and then transform yourself because this episode is all about transformation to becoming an MMA, I can't even say properly, an MMA fighter. Yeah, well, you know, cheers for the question. It's like when I got to Malaysia during the 2006 Fashion Week, or it turned out to be about 2006 Fashion Week time, and uh, I jumped in and did a catwalk competition for elite modeling. But backstory that, I was working for a subsidiary of the Lehman Brothers and they were closing down my my position and they were moving offices before the big collapse. But it was kind of mixed in there somewhere with, with the financial crisis, 2006. 2008 was when the uh, hammer really hit the nail on the head, but before that, things were being shuffled around. So I got ousted and uh, yeah, a friend said I should come out to Asia predominantly Malaysia and do modeling. So with that thought and the mixture of depression, I thought, why not go on a holiday with the hangover of money I had from my financial job? And I did. And that's how I started modeling over in, in Malaysia and then Asia. And just tell us a little bit about the job that you were doing with the Lehman Brothers. Was it a financial banking job or? It wasn't financial banking so much as I was a business development manager or sales manager, if you like, for the southeast of England. And I'd be in contact with a regional sales manager who would go hunting leads on the ground. And I'd be in the office pretty much moving mortgage deals, non-conforming mortgage deals, which is what shut everything down, essentially. Yeah, yeah I was trying to get those approved with our, our brokers. And uh, yeah, that's what we did. We an intermediary essentially how long did you do that how long did you do that job for i i think i was doing that for only about about a year and before that i was with general motors acceptance corporation doing international factoring and uh, i mean I'm, I'm half malaysian so of course i've i spent time in malaysia so on and so forth but you know with the international factoring job i managed to speak to malaysians because i'm i'm calling out to Malaysia to chase debt, but because of the amount of holidays that Malaysia has and the lack of wanting to pay debts, um, I've already got through to one person once. Well, and that was in a two-year two period. Well, I don't think too many people would own up to their debt in this, well, in this day and age and back then. So you yeah. got to, great story, by the way. You got, right. I mean, I never, I, I knew you would do it. I've totally made it up. It's all off the top of my head. <laughs> <laughs> well, I knew you were doing corporate stuff before you became, you got into modeling and acting. And for those of you yeah. who don't know, Pete's a very, very good-looking man, very tall, very athletic. 
and hence the modeling job. Really? So, yeah. Yeah, I'm not talking about me, man. I'm short, okay? So, <laughs> but on how, camera, right? Well, nobody can tell on camera. But how did you get, you know, how was that progression in Asia being a Eurasian guy? Obviously, you've got the height, you're very fit, you got the look that a lot of commercials and advertisers want. But it's not easy going from that to acting and hosting and other things. So, how did your journey progress in terms of your career development? Well, to begin with, because I was a business development manager, I when when I was doing deals for for my bookings, I just used to organize all my own things, you know, speak to the agents, get all the deals done, do all the dates and everything, sort everything out. And later on, I got, I got a manager to do all of that. But yeah, pro career progression, as things got more complicated, things like uh, hosting, commercials for example yeah I, I left more of the business side to, to someone else but I was doing it for a good three years by myself which is good and things like commercials if you're saying I'm tall for modeling I'm not super tall for modeling I'm only like six foot plus and I'll let him me <laughs> I mean for international standards you got to be about six foot two six foot three to do catwalk wow. but I dominated the local catwalk scene because I was tall enough to do catwalk modeling. I could do catalog photo shoots. I did bridal shoots and then I did TV commercials. My TV commercial career was pretty good. All international blue chip clients, print ads. Nice. I, I think the, the whole industry has completely forgotten that I exist now. But that happens every time, you know, there are new faces in every... Yes industry people forget who you are and what you're able to do and another problem is that as you get more and more well known as you diversify through your career path then you start to get a bit more weight to your name to your branding and then you're not able to continue to do the same jobs you need to elevate along with your own brand and then speaking about elevating and going to something else and leaving people behind and all that you did MMA fighting, which is, I'll be honest with you, buddy, something at that time I never expected you to do. I know you're athletic and strong, but this is another level of strong. So tell us about that journey. Well, the thing, I even back in the day when I was working in, in England in finance, in GMAC and in Lehman Brothers, I was doing weekend warrioring. So I, I was already doing martial arts back then in my 20s. So what I did was martial arts for general fitness, and I did that throughout my modeling sort of period, and that put me in good enough shape to, to do all my modeling because I don't want people that are too bulky. So lean fit is much easier to, to match with fashionable stylish clothing because it's not about having a super bulky the body. So that helped. And then... I think what it was, again, it's thinking about the branding, thinking about what I can do next, what is the next step. I stopped competing for a great number of years, and then I was already teaching martial arts. I can't remember why I was teaching martial arts. I was, oh, and I was teaching my martial arts class, Wuji Chuan, Infinite Energy Fist, which is my Sifu style, who's from Malaysia, but he's in England. I learned from him in England. And I came out to Malaysia, so he's over there, I'm over here. So 
I was doing that, and then I had a call from Victor Koi, the then CEO and founder of One Championship. Yep, yep, ex-ESPN yeah. guy. Yep. Yes, exactly. He was uh, he, he was uh, putting a show together, and they wanted to have the inaugural show down in Singapore, touted champions, champions. And I had a championship belt from the UK, so he looked to get me on board because my friend James Goida, who used to be one of my students and also one of my fighting brothers in England, yeah, he he was out in Asia. And he put my name forward, but he's still in the industry right now. And he's writing articles instead of competing and, and doing martial arts. But uh, yeah, he still works for the mixed martial arts industry doing articles. So no, he put my name forward to Victor. Victor called me. It didn't go through because then my Muay Fit boss leaked the fact that I was going to be fighting or participating in one championship. And yeah, it just didn't go on. But. What that did was spark my interest to actually get back to it and use that as a stepping stone to progress my career, which is what happened when I then had another fight for a one championship. I had one in Indonesia and then one back in KL where I broke Kim Hock, the Singaporean's jaw, and that was it. I became, was it, people knew who I was suddenly in Malaysia from mixed martial arts and not from the modeling, not from the movie acting, which I'd already done, but not from commercials. Yeah, just let me just stop you there and just sort of ask a subset of a question, really. I mean, you did MMA and I, I remember coming to your fights with a few friends cheering you on and was really chuffed that you were doing it. Because I, I'll be honest with you, Peter, you, you're a really nice guy, you're a great friend. Well, we don't, we don't see each other often, but when we catch up, we catch up. Yeah, And you just never seemed to me like a guy that would want to hurt anybody. But this is physical competition. This yeah. is a bread and butter. It's a lot different. But and I, I remember you telling me the stories every time we saw each other for events and stuff. Oh, yeah, my eye socket popped out. Oh, yeah, I've got broken ribs. Oh, yeah, I've yeah. got this. Oh, yeah, I've got that. How did you manage to sustain that physically and mentally for the purpose of feeding your rice bowl? Because it's very different to what you were doing in terms of modeling and catwalking and acting and all the above. Indeed. I think passion comes into it. And I mean, yeah, you're getting broken and busted up. But at the same time, it's also your career path that you've chosen. It's good to stick to your guns. If you know you're good enough to achieve a certain level, you should you should try. As risky as it may be, big risk, big reward. And it was true of, of the mixed martial arts competitions that I had. You, you could really feel, you could really feel the crowds and the people and the audiences receiving it in, in a way that you don't get from other, other things. You do a catwalk show, they're generally the people that are clapping, the people that you know. <laughs> but when you're, when you're fighting for a whole country and you're fighting a guy from another country and you're fighting in Malaysia. Everyone's behind you when you win. It's just ecstatic, and the crowd really does. The cr- crowd really does go wild, and things just blow up. It's, it's a different feeling that I can't really describe. I mean, you get the, the 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 feeling of relief after a fight, but at the same time, the, the adulation for the crowd is so good to have that. The, the people spurring you on, 
it's uh, it's I don't know if you've ever done stage drama or pantomime before, but it's like that times a hundred or more. You know, that's so different. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, or even when you're emceeing and it's a good crowd, you know, like I'm, I'm, I'm a good audience member, as you know. Uh, <laughs> but if you, if if, uh, if you're emceeing and the crowd's good and they really spur you on, you really feel like it's worth your time to do that. It's not just bread and butter. It's not just a few grains of rice here and there. It's, uh, it, it really means something. It and then it has weight and. Yeah, that that's that's why that's why I spent so long doing it. You are very passionate about what you do, and you've done so many things, and you come to a point where you just, even though times are tough, you're persevering, and that's why I've invited you to Great People TV, a classic example of the hustle and the grind. Yeah. Where to from here, Peter, in terms of your career? Because it seems like there's still an evolution for you somewhere. I always. I always see you as an evolution, you know, like you're constantly wanting to grow and you're not one of those guys to say, I'm too old to learn new things. No, never, never too old. One thing that uh, the old MCO lockdowns did to me was, was take my 40th birthday away, essentially. And the momentum I had building up to it. I mean, literally before the lockdowns, I had... One movie that I shot in, in Malaysia, based in Singapore, which just came out the other day, called Deleted. That came out in Malaysian cinemas, came out in Singapore cinemas. You can check it out on Netflix right now. Deleted is about uh, human trafficking. It's pretty, it's a pretty good movie, and I, I shoot a lot of people. I'm not sure, you know, I swear a lot, but I, they might have bleeped me out. But I have watched it a couple of times. But you know, so there, there was that. I had uh, one big movie project in China that I was going to go and shoot. Four months. I was going to have one of the, the the fights for one championship. I had another two projects that were going to happen, and then you know I, all the wind got knocked out of my sail, and I got almost forgotten. But luckily, there were things like Jabat, one movie I I shot a few moons back that came out on Astro. So there was a little spike of popularity, like on Instagram and Facebook, for, for example. So you know, much like everyone. I have to remember that everyone was affected, not in the same way, but everyone was affected by the MCOs and all the lockdowns. Some people benefited, some people sunk into the abyss. I mean, I was close, but you have to stay mentally positive, move forward. I mean, there have been plenty of complications. I've even had as a hangover of COVID, dislocated wrist, which is kind of messing with me even now. So, you know, the, the whole COVID thing, as much of a waste of a time as I feel it was, yeah, I th- I think it's what doesn't kill you makes you stronger, and you know, yes, evolution-wise, get back to the movies I was trying to do more of um, before the, the lockdowns. Essentially, I mean, I'm talking about it like it was yesterday, but it it, it was a couple of years ago already. But it has affected me quite badly. 2022 is a bad year for me because I spent so much time. Yeah, career-wise, in England. I mean, I love the year. It was great. But career-wise, could have been much better. I, I think it's an age thing catching up as well. I'm not where I want to be at all, but I know what I've got to do to get where I want to go, which is a handy thing. But it's whether it happens or not, you know, you can try and reach for the gear, put it into gear, 
But sometimes if, if your clutch is a bit too worn out, it's not going to go. So I'm going to do my best to stick in the gear I want to get it into and see how things go. Well, stick with that compass and map, mate, because I think you're going... I have a very good feeling about you. Don't ask me why that 2023 will be better for you. And just a final question for our episode tonight, because you've been very, very honest and open tonight. Can you tease our viewers? What can we expect from you this year in terms of cool projects and other things well, that Peter Davis is doing? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, I'm going to I'm gonna do my best to get back into Brazilian Jiu-Jitsu competitions this year. I still don't have full mobility on my wrist, so I'm going to go try to get some gold and be doing more training for that. And win, lose, or draw, let, let's see how that goes. It's going to be a bit difficult, but I must persevere. And just some cycling competition, because I'm extremely passionate about doing cycling. I'm going to be doing more riding. You're going to see me on the big screen more, hopefully, or on Netflix more often. Got a romantic comedy short film shooting soon, amongst a couple of other projects. And yeah, if you need me to do some talking, the sort of our football, give me a call about MC. So yeah, because yeah, football clueless, you, you better call Ben. Yeah. Well, just to share with everybody about that little joke that Peter and I were having tonight, MC a sold out World Cup event at the end of last year, and Peter was one of the, one of the celebrity guests, and I came up to Peter and asked him about question, and I was trying to wink wink him the answer, and he was like, oh, he had no idea, so. So, and then I was like, and his whole, all his friends were just laughing at him and everything. And it, it just turned out to be a big comedy, but it was a great night. And it, for anybody of you out there who do want a good looking supermodel man who knows a few things about martial arts. Call, cool. call, call me, but if you need someone that knows about football, call Ben. <laughs> <laughs> all right, likewise. But speaking of, if you do want to reach out to me, Ben Ibrahim, there's something that I'm trying differently to see on Great People TV is to push out Ben Ibrahim, MC and moderator services or TV hosting services. So please, just the email right there, benibrahim at greatpeopletv.com. And if you want to ask for Peter Davis's number as well, just put that in the email right there. And I will package a combination that it's really, really hard to resist. Ben Ibrahim and Peter Davis, we make a really, really good team. But all jokes aside, we're very good friends. We've known each other for a very, very long time. And I cannot do what Peter does, which is acting and fighting. I'll just stick to talking and asking questions. So have a great, thanks for joining us everyone tonight on Great People TV. Follow our social media platforms. Thanks Peter very much for joining us and until the next episode of Great People TV. Take care everyone and thanks Pete for joining us. Thanks Ben. Good night everyone.